Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. As most of you know, Covenant is blessed to be the home church for two recently minted hospital chaplains, Sally and Deanna Rosa. And since one or both of them can often worship with us online on Sunday morning, let's give a wave and a shout out to them right now. (laughs) Our dear chaplains, especially in this COVID time, we are so grateful for your work and we hold you in our prayers. And let me mention also that uh, Deanna Rosa will be our guest preacher on the first Sunday of Advent. Sally and Deanna Rosa can tell you uh, better than I can that hospital chaplains witness lots of joy and wonder and also lots of challenge and loss. They witness life and they witness death. And for every one instance of death that they witness, they witness many instances of grief. One hospital chaplain I know tells of the story of being called to a room where a middle-aged woman had unexpectedly died. And the woman's son, who happened to be a priest, responded to his mother's unexpected death the way many bereft people do. He broke down in tears. But when the chaplain came into the room, he stiffened up and wiped his eyes and stammered, I, I, I'm sorry about that. I, uh, what a time for my, my faith to falter. I, I shouldn't be crying. And this chaplain instinctively put her hands on his shoulders and said, Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus wept. But he stiffened and pulled back and stalked out of the room. And so she, feeling absolutely terrible, went back to her office. And maybe half an hour later, there was a knock at the door and it was the priest. And so she started to go into some sort of an apology and he stopped her and he said, tell me that again, please. Jesus wept, especially because the Gospel of John depicts Jesus as so impeccably in control. It's important for us to acknowledge that in this story, Jesus knows that he's about to summon Lazarus from out of the tomb. Jesus knows that his own death will be overturned by God's resurrection. Jesus knows that all of creation is even now being caught up into God's eternal life. And yet, Jesus wept. In response to this seeming contradiction, there's one strand of theological thought which proclaims that Jesus weeps because the people around him fail to understand the truth of resurrection. Maybe, but I do not find that in this text. We heard Brent read that Jesus was, quote, greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved 
and then that Jesus was again greatly disturbed. From what I can tell, there's nothing in the Greek to make us think that Jesus did not genuinely mourn the death of his friend Lazarus and thoroughly empathize with the grief of the dead man's sisters, Martha and Mary. And that empathy suggests that God is right there with all of us who grieve death's terrible, though not ultimate, impact on earthly life. So now, hold on to that image of Jesus weeping with ordinary folks like us as we turn to our second reading. This passage is found near the very end of the apocalyptic book of Revelation, which details a series of bizarre visions with imagery including beasts and angels and lakes of fire. It's no wonder that people just itch to decipher it. But Revelation isn't code. It's poetry, it's political protest, it's a letter, it's a vision. This is the book of Revelation, chapter 21, beginning with the first verse. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them as their God. They will be God's peoples and God, God's very self will be with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grieving and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then the one on the throne said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This, too, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We steady and stalwart Presbyterians don't spend much time with the weird and wacky book of Revelation. In fact, I suspect that we are secretly relieved that it is tucked safely away at the back of the book, quarantined with the maps. <laughs> but there's no denying its compelling vision of God's future. The author of this prophetic book is the poet and pastor we know as John of Patmos because he writes from exile on the island of Patmos. While there, he is divinely inspired to reach out to seven churches he's familiar with in the region that is now Turkey. Some of them are experiencing genuine persecution, but the great threat to all of them is something that we too are familiar with. You see, those Christians, like us, are threatened by the temptation of all the stuff that isn't serving God. Those seven churches exist in a culture where the Roman emperor has decreed that everyone must declare, Caesar is Lord. And this is a crisis for those who affirm 
that Jesus is Lord. Like them, we too are commanded by cultural forces to prioritize powers other than God, driven to prioritize everything from hate to money to apathy. So John of Patmos is writing to folks then and now who want to live by faith and hope and generosity, by prayer and love and joy, but who are daily told to just give up on all of that. And according to today's gospel, John of Patmos lifts our eyes to this vision of God's heaven come down to God's earth. The holy city descends from God so that God's home is among mortals. The God who created all things good comes and recreates all things new. The God who was there in the beginning that's beyond our imagining is there in a finale that's beyond our imagining. And according to John's gospel, we can add this. In the meanwhile, this God is with us here even in the griefs of now. We know that because Jesus wept. That's what I hear as the message of All Saints Sunday. Those of you whose loved ones were read in this morning's necrology may especially need to hear that message. Everyone who's lost someone to death needs to hear that just like that priest facing his mother's death. Let me share one thing that I have learned about death. Death changes our relationship with our loved one, but death does not end that relationship. That's one of the ways we know death is not the ultimate power. Although death changes, profoundly changes, unwelcomedly changes, our relationship with a loved one, death does not end those relationships. No, they are held within God's love. And when God's future, God's vision is finally realized, every tear that we have cried will be redeemed. And in the meanwhile, God is with us. Remember, the holy city descends from God, and God dwells with us. That sounds familiar, I hope. God dwells with us. That sounds like Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God dwells with us, and in God's future there will be no more pain. That sounds like Jesus healing the sick. God dwells with us, and there will be no more crying. That sounds like Jesus feeding the hungry. God dwells with us and there will be no more grief. That sounds like Jesus raising Lazarus. God dwells with us and there will be no more death. That sounds like Jesus, our crucified and risen Lord. Do you hear how God's vision is already underway? Church, we are called to hold on to that in faith because at some point, in God's own sweet time, in God's own sweet future, which is different than the present, we will all be gathered into a re reality that is beyond any vision. 
We hold fast to the promise that God's creation was created good in the beginning and will be recreated good at the end. Hold fast to the promise that our future is with God and hold fast to the promise that God is with us even now. One way we experience that promise is through the sacrament of communion. Around this table, we help one another hold on to the vision that Christ lived and died for us, Christ was buried and was raised for us, and Christ will return to us. So church, whether you're here in this beautiful sanctuary or worshiping with us online, know that today we gather at a table with all the saints in heaven and all the saints on earth to gratefully remember what God has done, to mindfully participate in what God is doing, and to joyfully anticipate what God will do when God's vision is finally realized on earth as it is in heaven. This All Saints sermon has no vigorous call to vigorous action, no, all right, church, let's get out there and do what we're called to do. And this sermon has no reminder that it's stewardship season, y'all. This sermon has no rousing and therefore kind of conclusion. This All Saints sermon simply reminds us of two things that we already know in our truest selves. One, that God loves us and cares about us so deeply and genuinely that Jesus wept at the grief of his friends Mary and Martha, and God is with us all in whatever loss we face. And two, that God is, even now, moving all creation towards God's vision, towards God's future, wherein death will be no more. Grieving and crying and pain will be no more. And we glimpse that vision and taste that future whenever a table is spread and all, all are welcome in the name of Jesus who wept for love of us. Thanks be to God. Amen, church? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.